This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Back to the Basics from Coach Stone Football. 2021 is the year to go back to the basics with Coach Stone Football Drill Manual Series. It has a combined 300-plus football drills and over 4,000 pages of football intelligence. All of the content within the Football Drill Manual Series builds on each other to offer consistent coaching while laying a foundation. Let's face it, 2020 was not easy for any of us to navigate sports. Whether or not you were fortunate enough to have a season or if your season was put on hold until this year, now is the time to go back to the basics to lay a foundation for 2021. Also new in 2021, the Coach Stone Football Coaching Magazine with four issues this year with some of the best podcasters in the business today. Also one Back to the Basics International Gridiron Football Magazine representing 12 different countries with each article not only in English, but also in the native language of the coach who wrote that article. For more information, go to www.coachstonefootball.com. Again, that's www.coachstonefootball.com. All Armchair Coaching Podcast episodes have been edited by Coach James Heath. Follow Coach James Heath on Twitter at jrockfordheath. And if you are interested in starting your own podcast, contact Coach Heath, and he will help you get set up with everything that you need for podcasting. Thank you, Coach Heath. I couldn't do it without you, brother. Welcome back to the Armchair Coaching Podcast, and we have yet another uh, 2021 college football preview episode, uh, or as Coach Heath likes to call them, the epic sodes. This will be episode number three, um, and we are actually going to go in a different direction today. Instead of talking about another Power 5 team like everyone always does all the time, we felt like the Group of Five teams needed a little bit of love and we're going to talk about the fun belt or otherwise known as the sun as the sun belt conference and so um you know some of these teams some of us know a good bit about and others know absolutely nothing about some of these teams and so we're going to try to have a little bit of fun with this um but we'll let the coaches introduce themselves really quickly uh i'm going to go with coach banster first coach banster can you introduce yourself please uh, coach Banstra, the head football coach at uh, Northwestern High School here in Ohio. I have also been dubbed our uh, resident uh, Sunbelt expert, so this may or may not make me look bad. Um, and then I also have a bunch of YouTube and podcast stuff. If you just look up my name, um, you can find all that there. Um, clinics, podcasts, all that lovely jazz. Um, and I am also one half of the Anti-Steve Coalition. Um, unfortunately, my other half could not be here tonight. Uh, may he enjoy his trivia night. Yeah, so Coach Bennett couldn't be here tonight. He had um, some, you know, relationship duties that he needed to take care of, which we understand, and we're going to give him shit for later. Uh, but, uh, Coach Steve, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Coach Steve. I'm the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Addison Terrell High School, western suburb of Chicago. Also the assistant boys basketball coach and assistant girls track coach at Nequa Valley High School. It's even more western suburb of Chicago. I have a podcast and YouTube channel, The Coach Steve Show, um, both the same thing. And I'm the president of the Anti-Steve Club, so don't worry, I'm here. Nice. All right, Coach Heath, can you take a minute to introduce yourself? Yeah, I am uh, the <clears throat> somewhat current <laughs> uh, co-host of this great podcast and uh a guy who's just, you know, 
I'm just glad to be here. Let's just say that, you know, it's one of those things where I always enjoy coming on, getting away from real life responsibilities. Yes, it is a shot at our uh, anti-Steve member that's that's not here, you know. Um, I made it a priority to be here. Let's, let's just say that. Um, but what would you expect out of a Clemson fan? So. Oh, Lord. So, All right. Well, I am your other co-host of the Armchair Coaching Podcast, Coach Sheffer. I am the offensive line, varsity run game coordinator, and JV uh, OC at Brentsville District High School in Virginia. So today we're going to be breaking down the Sun Belt, and we're going to start off – let me share my screen. I'm still not necessarily an expert on uh, Zoom, even though I've been teaching – uh, virtually for quite a while. So we're going to start off with the Western Division. And the first team that we're going to talk about is the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. So a little bit of background about uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Their head coach is Billy Napier. And last season in the COVID uh, 2020 season, in conference, they went 7-1. and one. Overall, they went 10-1, and one, having a really good season and competing with Coastal Carolina for the conference championship, but Coastal Carolina did beat them. Um, and in my opinion, I think they're in line to be just as good this year. So let's go ahead, and I'm going to go and let Coach Banstra go first and have a few words about the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Um I'll kind of hit on the staff members real quick. I mean, obviously, Coach Napier is a rising star in our profession. Um, I think about half the country has tried to poach him as a head coach at this point the past two years. Um, he's done a really great job rebuilding them um, and putting them on the right track. Um, I have them down as 10 and 2. Um, the, the, like, part of me deep down wanted to pick them over Texas. I have like flashbacks of when they played. Um, who were we talking about the other night? Texas and uh, Maryland. Yep. So I, I like, and, and it would be Stark's first game, but I, I just couldn't because of talent difference. Well, um, real quick, Louisiana, they did beat Iowa State in their first game last year. So see, that's that that one for me was kind of an eh. I, I also refused to pick uh, against Mama Mater. Um, and if we ever get to the MAC, you'll see that. Um, Part of that is because I love my alma mater to death, and two, I love their coaches, and three, um, they're supposed to be pretty dang good this year. So, uh, but outside that, I mean, and they don't have to play coastal this year, um, which I think helps them. Um, I think the only other one that, and I kind of gave it to them, but playing Liberty towards the end of the year, um, I think that's another tough game for them. Um, but everything I've heard is people just say positive things about what. Um, Coach is doing down there. My buddy just got hired as a special teams coordinator, so we'll be extremely prepared on special teams. Um, he lost a, a, a decent amount of staff members this offseason. I mean, obviously, when you have success, people are going to poach the good people on your staff. That's just how that is. Um, but I think, I mean, unless something massively has changed, there, there's no reason they're not an 8, 9, 10 win team again this year uh, fighting for a bowl game in, in, in all honesty. I mean, at Coastal had their little run last year. I mean, you, you upset Texas and beat OU to start the year. I mean, you you might have a similar path that Coastal did last year. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, and so, Coach Banster, you have them going 10-2. and two. Did you want to talk about any of those games other than Texas and OU? I mean, at, at, 
I mean, App State's going to be a hard game, and I know a lot of you picked App. I mean, I think that – I mean, your, your, your top teams probably in this conference, obviously Coastal, um, App State, um, Louisiana are probably your top three. Uh, the West is probably your weaker side of the conference, at least as of right now. I mean, you got three of those five teams on the West with new head coaches. So, um, but I mean, you, you, I, we talked about before we came on that, that the head coaches in this league are probably some of the best, either young coaches, pretty much what the Mac was a couple years ago, all these great young coaches. And then they'll have like one or two older coaches that are pretty solidified, the Butch Jones and the um, Terry Bowdens, who are pretty solid head football coaches in their own right. Um, but I, I really think like if it, App State's going to be a, a war. Uh, Georgia Southern's rebuilding a little bit. Uh, obviously, they, they changed offense coordinators mid last year, uh, replaced some staff members this offseason. They lost a really good running back coach. Um, Troy is always pretty dang consistent. I mean, like I said, it's not it's not an easy comp. I mean, obviously, if you're an SEC team scheduling them, that's a whole different conversation. But it, it's kind of like the MAC in the sense that it's 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 a war each week, and you got you have teams that can pretty much win any week. Yeah. Um, all right, Coach Steve, do you want to go next? Sure. I tried to watch film today. I hopped on YouTube and tried to refresh my memory. Um, I almost picked them to beat Texas at the beginning because it is, you know, Sarkeesian's first game. But like Coach Manchester said, there might just be too much talent. Sarkeesian can call a game, reinvented himself at Alabama. Um but watching the Raging Cajuns, they're very well coached. They were pretty fast. He's got some – I think it was some tall receivers that they have coming back. Um, then I just picked Ohio for Coach Banstra so he could leave the Coach Steve Hate Club. I'm trying to butter up, but I did pick Ohio. Um, but also researching them, they're supposed to be decent this year too. Now, the one – I have them going eight and four. The one game I'm rethinking about is App State. Because Illinois did take their OC away, and he can call a game. Like rewatching that game today versus I watched them play Coastal Carolina this morning. And without that guy calling plays, yeah, you'll have the the athletes, but I could see Raging Cajuns beating App State that game. So that one I have to rethink. I'm starting to rethink that pick. I picked it pretty quick, and then now I'm rethinking it. Um, but also the Liberty game, I think they could beat Liberty. Um, People have their opinions on Hugh Freeze, but regardless of what we all think, they did. They were good last year, and he recruited well. So, just because I'm eight and four, they could go ten and two, maybe eleven and one. I don't know, but I say eight and four to ten and two. They're not a bad team. Watching them today a couple times, and watching them last year, and like you said, they beat Iowa State, and I think they beat someone else big last year that I can't remember. But it's not a bad program, and I think he's from Alabama. I right? coached Alabama with Nick Saban, right? Uh, head coach. He, which, which one? Napier. Raging Cajuns. Napier, yeah. He was at Arizona State with uh, Graham for a while, and he was at with Saban, uh, both as, an, uh, as a receiver coach for about three years. So, Yeah, that's why people want to poach him, because he's winning and he coached Alabama. So, But kudos to him. He, almost, he got almost poached during the season, but he was like, nope, I'm going to rebuild this program, so respect to him and – they could probably go – I have them 8-4, but I could see 9-3, for sure. Coach Heath, do you have any words? Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of 
some of the kept telling me, hey, they got a pretty good quarterback. Uh, Levi Lewis is our uh, super senior, as, as they call him now, I guess. Uh, um, I know he's back. They got a great offensive line as well. Um, you know, to tell you the truth, and this is going to sound crazy, if they would upset Texas and then kind of run, run their schedule uh, as some expect them to, I mean, they might be the team, one of the teams that maybe knocks on the door for a, a New Year's Day Bowl. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to, to think that a team from the Sun Belt might do that, but there might be a team to do it. I mean, which is, uh, you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. If they if they beat Texas, that, that would help. Um, I've got them going eight and four, though. Um, I think that Liberty game at the end, um, could be one that you know might trip them up. I mean, they could go and and win, but I think that game is a, is a tough one for them um, because it is at Liberty, and I think that's that's the one of the bigger challenges on the schedule. Um, I do think that um, you know we're just talking about Ohio. I think I think Ohio is going to be a, a good team. I think the MAC is going to have some exceptionally good teams, and I can't wait till we get to talk about the MAC, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a mate in four. Yeah, so um, I myself also had a slight hesitation with that Texas game, even though I am a Texas fan. I do think Sarkeesian is probably a better uh, play caller than Tom Herman was. I don't even remember what was happening with the whole offensive coordinator situation under Tom Herman. Um but Texas is going to be breaking in a new quarterback. They're going to be breaking in quite a few new receivers. Um, their offensive lines being reshuffled all the time. And Texas seems to always lose one of those early games, and they start really slow for some reason. So I had some hesitation with picking Texas, but I did eventually pick them because of the fact that they do technically have superior talent, and I think that will win out in the end. Um, but like you guys are saying, I think for all of us, that's the toss-up game. If if UL is able to win that one, and I also have Louisiana winning versus Ohio. I'm the only one who picked them to beat Ohio. Um, Traitor. The uh, I just haven't seen it from Ohio yet, and I think it's going to take more than one season, uh, more than one good you know off season. I do have App State beating them. I think App State's still pretty good. I still have Liberty beating them. I have them going nine and three. Uh, but like we were ha- having that conversation, if they are able to beat Texas, if they are able to run that schedule, because let's face it, the Sun Belt's not necessarily the toughest of schedules. Um, you know, I, I would agree. I think they could be that that one, you know, group of five team that's looking to get into a New Year's Bowl. Uh, now, whether or not you're ever going to see a Sun Belt team knocking on the door of a uh, playoff, not this year. I don't think that's going to happen. Look at what Coastal Carolina did last year. They didn't even have a shot. So um, I don't think the Raging Cages would either. So I think, would you guys agree uh, if we're going to talk about like a final, you know, win-loss record since two of you picked eight, one of us picked nine, one of us picked ten, we're going to go averages and say nine and three? Yeah, I think I think nine and three is about the consistency there. I mean, I don't – like I said, there, I think there's a couple games that could go either way. I, I don't know the roster as well. I know more of their coaching staff. Um, 
but they, I mean, he, I mean, everybody that know that knows of Napier pretty much calls him like a mad scientist offensively. Uh, so even if there is a little bit of a talent drop off, um, like I said, they should be pretty good. And uh, the other thing I didn't mention is, is kind of um, last year, they, um, one, one of their coaches died right before the season. Um, and that kind of helped. I, I mean, they were going to be good either way. Uh, but to, to say that didn't have a factor on what they played for it, it cannot be ignored. Um, so we'll see how they are a year removed from that unfortunate uh, life event to kind of uh, what this season holds for them. All right. So we, as a group, have decided that uh, Louisiana Lafayette – or not Lafayette, Louisiana Raging Cajuns um, will be going 9-3 and three overall. Uh, the next team that we're going to talk about is the South Alabama Jaguars, and I will be completely honest with you. I know next to nothing about South Alabama. We're going to have to talk to uh, Coach Banster about that here in a moment. But South Alabama last season, uh, conference-wise, they won three games, lost five. Overall, they were a 4-7 and seven team. Um, their current head coach is Kane Womack. Again, no offense to any anyone who knows who that is. I don't necessarily know who that is. Um, and so, again, I'm going to have to lean on Coach Banstra. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and let Coach Banstra go first again, just so we can get a little bit of um, detail on South Alabama. A uh, little background on Kay Womack. Kay Womack was the defensive coordinator at Indiana uh, the past two years. Um, obviously, he was part – I mean – there's a lot of reasons for Indiana's service we've talked before, but he was a big part of what they were did defensively last year. Uh, he had been at uh, South Alabama prior to in, Indiana as their DC. Uh, Indiana kind of had poached him, um, and he kind of floated around a couple other schools, including Ole Miss, prior years. That he's he's a young coach, um, but my buddy, who's uh, alumni of Indiana and is very heavily around that program, said nothing but like positive things. Everybody knows Kane. Uh, says he's a bright young head football coach. Um, he hired he hired some good staff members. I, I, if I remember correctly, he hired Major Applewhite to be his OC. Um, so he brought in somebody with head coaching experience to help him. At the same time, um, again, somebody from that Nick Saban assistant tree. Um, and and well, Applewhite's been there twice now um, with Coach Saban. Um, from and it's a younger football program. Uh, South Alabama is 60 and 73. Um, so th- I mean, the, the first season wasn't until 2009. Um, so it's kind of a very interesting, it's still a very young and growing program. Um, I think that you, if you talk to anybody, that place should be a lot better than they have been historically, just because it's there is, I mean, it's it's. it's <laughs> It's in the middle of Alabama. I mean, there's talent. It's kind of like what UAB finally figured out after a while when they hired the right guy is they got things rolling. It's the same concept as South Alabama. Um, but in, in a little over 10 years, they've already been at two bowl games. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential there. Uh, Schedule-wise, um, I still have them at three and nine. As I kind of said to Coach Sheffroff there, like if you're – I mean, it's still a tough conference. Um, and they start with Southern Miss. Southern Miss was a very t- – toss-up game for me just because Southern Miss didn't really have a coach for a year, had an interim last year, but they hired Will Hall, who um, was a stud at offense coordinator at Tulane, like an absolute just stud. And he brought some of those Tulane guys with him. 
Um, they got Bowling Green week two, and well, as much as I am an Ohio guy, uh, Bowling Green is not how do I want to phrase this politically. Uh, not very good right now. Um, then they got Alcorn, which I think is a winnable game. And then there's a couple games where I think they can kind of win here and there. Um, Texas State is a winnable game, but I'll talk about Texas State later. Uh, Georgia Southern is probably better talent-wise right now. Monroe is a very winnable game, but at the same time, I mean, you're going against Bowden and Rich Rodriguez. So it'll, that'll be interesting. Arkansas State to me is a toss-up game because, again, you're dealing with an, like you're another new head coach. Uh, Troy is going to be a tough game. Then you kind of you kind of end with a, a four game stretch for them that is just, I mean, pretty pretty dang tough. You got Troy, App State, Tennessee, and then, um, Coastal. It's just like uh, good luck. I mean, it's it's an it's an interesting little haul. But like you said, I say give it two or three years, and he will have that place just rolling. Um, defensively they, they, they will execute this year uh, it's just whether where they are talent wise because again you don't have that tradition and history that all these other division one schools have because you're 11 years old at this point um, but I, I think it'll be a little bumpy first year for him but if he can put stuff together I mean they're I mean I think they're ceiling six and six I think more realistically, realistically they're around three wins uh, Coach Heath. Yeah, I, you know, I'm a numbers guy. Uh, I think you can find a lot. They allowed 40 sacks last year. So you got some issues <laughs> when you're going up 40 sacks in a, uh, how many games did they play last year? I mean, it's just way too many. Um, under 20 points a game. I mean, there's some issues there. Um, you brought in a guy who is, you know, a defensive guy. So, but um, my understanding is, you know, they, I mean, I, I don't know. I get to me, if you're going to fix it, you fix it defensively. It's much easier than having to fix it, fix things, you know, offensively. But um, I mean, that's a big, that's a, a big number to me. And you give up that many sacks in what was pretty much a short season last year. Yeah, that's that's pretty tough. That's a pretty uh, pretty tough stat there, uh, Coach Steve. Um, I kind of agree with him. The the new head coach coming from Indiana, he got to probably see how to build that program just for a little bit. He'll probably bring that with him. Coach Manchester said it that Indiana defense was building. They're going to be better on defense. Um, Apple White's there. He can call a game. So, like I said, this year might be rough, but. Some of these games I was looking at as a toss-up. I just benefit of the doubt, new coaches coming in. Um, like Coach Bancher said, no head coach for Southern Miss. I was like, you know what, maybe South Alabama just gets that game. Um, Bowling Green hasn't been good since Papers left. Like, they have not done anything since he's left. Um, Alcorn, they're not going to lose to, I don't think. Um, then we talked about Raging Cajuns. Um, we'll talk about Texas State here next. Georgia Southern's just a more um, – has been more consistent, you know, they're kind of rebuilding, they're more consistent. Um, I haven't beaten ULM Monroe. They're not going to beat Arkansas State. Troy's really tough. And Appalachian State's Appalachian State, Tennessee, and then Coastal Carolina. But 
from no watching the head coach their D, their head coach be a DC at Indiana and seeing how that works being in Big Ten country, he will get it rolling. They will recruit. I think they're gonna figure out how to recruit in Alabama to get the lesser tier players. I won't go to the Crimson Tide or Auburn, and they will get it rolling. They will take some lumps this year. Um, I have them going four and eight, but I don't see them doing any more than four and eight. They could be, you know, more than two games up to the four. The other thing I'll say is, like, he at least has familiarity with the school. Like, he was there um, for two years prior as a D.C. It's not like he's in a completely um, foreign um, program. I should say it that way. Um, I'm trying to see off the top of my head why you were talking. I was trying to find it, like, their overall – like, when he was there, um, they were – Trying to find overall. I mean, they were right around 500, if not a little bit better, give or take. I mean, so, I mean, they, they took a massive drop when – I'm not going to say this directly ties to him, but they took a drop off when he left. So, um, I, I think there's – I mean, it's going to be bumpy, as we said, but I think that I think they can possibly – uh, get there, and if like at least he has some familiarity with the school. I'm basically along the lines with you guys. Um, I think somewhere along the line, for some reason, I'm five and seven. So where where did I? Okay, so I have them starting. I really have them starting going three and zero. Oh. I have them beating Southern Miss, beating uh, Bowling Green, and then beating Alcorn. Now I'm not saying Alcorn is going to be an easy win because they've been a relatively good team and they're own division so that might be a toss-up game depending on how good or how bad southern alabama is uh i have them losing to um raging cajuns i have them actually i'm the only one on here who has them beating texas state so that's probably where that extra win came from losing to georgia southern beating ul uh losing to arkansas state troy at tennessee and ccu so they get their five wins in my opinion early in the season and then they don't win any of the last five so um would you guys uh, again? Law of averages, four and eight consensus. Yeah, I mean, I mean, three or four, I think is is very realistic. I mean, again, there's several toss up games on there, but like you sh- Southern Miss it should be a competitive game. You should beat Alcorn. Bowling Green is a game you should win, but could be a toss up. Texas State's a toss up. Uh, Monroe, Arkansas State, I think are all toss-ups. I mean, you're talking three a three to five win range. Um, so I think I think three or four is good. Yeah, it's said when he was there in 2016-17, they were top ten in the country in pass defense. It was the fifth most improved defense in the NCAA. Um, and then the next year they were top fifteen in the red zone defense, fumble recoveries. They took twenty takeaways that year. So he coached him pretty well when he was there that first time around. So we'll see. He might bring that to the table. All right. So we have basically come to the conclusion that uh, South Alabama should probably go around the four and eight range. So we've covered uh, Louisiana Ridge Cajuns, South Alabama, and we are actually going to take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you in part by Second Skull. Second Skull is a protective headgear company focused on helping to keep athletes safe and to help keep athletes on the field participating in the sports that they love. 
Their products are patented, tested, and proven to reduce direct and rotational impacts to the head. Their technology is trusted by several athletic organizations and the United States military. Their pro cap is designed with the grant from the National Football League. This protective skull cap is the ultimate in thin, lightweight, and breathable protection. The pro cap is comparable to other skull caps that do not offer such protection, measuring at just two millimeters thick and weighing less than 2.4 ounces. The pro cap improves protection for all players when worn under their helmet and is perfect for football, baseball, hockey, and lacrosse. Their pro band is designed in collaboration with professional players and clubs in Spain. This protective headband provides superior protection with an aesthetic and athletic look. The pro band has a unique five panel construction with a reinforced forehead panel to deliver a natural feel and ultimate ball control at just four millimeters thick and a weight of 1.4 ounces. The pro band provides protection for all players in non-helmeted sports and activities and is ideal for soccer athletes. Listeners of the armchair coaching podcast can go to secondskull.com and save 20% on any products purchased from that website with the discount code armchair. That's A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R in all caps. This episode is brought to you in part by High and Tight Footballs. High and Tight Footballs are the world's only self-contained pressure measuring, multi-sensory, instant audible feedback training footballs on the market. They have been used by NFL Hall of Fame players, NFL coaches, collegiate All-Americans, and players at all levels. Listeners of the Armchair Coaching Podcast can actually receive a 10% discount on any products purchased from High and Tight by using the discount link below in the description and by using the discount code ACP. Make sure you type in ACP at checkout to get a 10% discount on any items purchased from highandtight.com. I'd like to thank our new sponsor, Launchpad Kickoff Tee, for joining us here on the Armchair Coaching Podcast family. Coaches, are you looking for that competitive edge, but you might not be paying attention to the kickoff game? Well, this is the company for you. I'd like you to go check them out. I have one sitting right here in my hand. It's incredibly unique. It's got a very large surface area and incredibly flexible wings. And so what this does for you here, it gives you extreme flexibility with how you want to kick off. Do you want to use the patented forward lean? Well, if you don't know what that is, go ahead and check out their website. You can do just about anything you want. You can dial up different types of squib kicks just with the different angles. You can literally do just about anything with this. And the nice thing is they send you this piece of paper here that goes with diagrams that show you all the different angles and techniques that they've discovered so far. And they are incredibly helpful on their website. I highly recommend you check them out. If you're interested, do me a favor. I want you to go to launchpadkickofftcom slash ACP. Make sure you add the slash ACP. And if you're interested in buying one, if you go to this specific website, you can find the link, the, the link in the description below, you actually get a discount. You're going to get a 10% discount just from using the, the Armchair Coaching Podcast link. If you want to buy one, if you want to buy two, that's a savings of 25%. And if you buy three, you're actually going to get one for free. All right. So those are some huge deals that you're going to get there. So do us a huge favor, check out our sponsor at Launchpad Kickoff Tea. Make sure that you go to the specific site, launchpadkickofftea.com slash ACP. 
launchpadkickofftee.com slash ACP on the kickoff. It's not like all the other kickoff tees that you have. It's incredibly unique. All right, welcome back. We are covering the Sun Belt West Conference, and so far we've talked about the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. We have also talked about University of Southern Alabama. And next up, we are going to talk about Texas State. Texas State has the head coach, Jake Spavital. They are an air raid team, and Coach Steve is, uh, you know, jumping in his seat over there. Last season, uh, Texas State in conference went two and six overall, two and ten. Not such a great season last year, but according to Coach Bancher and Coach Steve, they should be better this year. So let's go ahead and talk about Texas State and Coach Steve. Since you're excited, I'm going to let you talk first. All right. Oh goodness, I'm not that excited. <laughs> um. I watched them because we just said it before. That was a team sometimes we picked on NCAA football. So over the years, I try to keep tabs. And then last year with COVID, was able to watch them more. And they were actually pretty exciting from what I can remember. They would make big plays with their wide receivers, some catches. I think it was like week two or three I tweeted out. That wide receivers coach needs to be paid more because they're making these crazy catches. And they said they practice them that way all the time. I said, that guy needs a praise. And not just because they're air raid. I didn't even – they ran the ball too, but it was just like they are making crazy plays. They were fun to watch. Um, they just didn't have quite the talent level as Coastal Carolina, but they were having just as fun. Um, I think they will continue to get better. And I have the shirt. I have their shirt, and I shouldn't have worn it. I didn't think about it. I was too busy trying to figure out these teams today. Um, that being said, they're still building their program. Um, I mean, it's a tough, tough thing to come out and – play uh Baylor first like that's going to be a real tough game I don't think they'll beat Baylor they're not they're not there yet um then they play Florida International now that one I was a second away from letting Texas State win that if they continue to build this year and this was next year I would have picked them so it's a toss-up I just put Florida Atlantic I have them winning against I don't even know who that is Coach Banster who is that or what? Huh? Incarnate Word. Oh, Incarnate Word. Yeah, they're right outside. Since they're actually in San Antonio, they're uh, they're actually not horrible. Um, they, they, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm I'm just disappointed. UTSA is not on their schedule because this is that is one of their main rivalries. But yeah, yeah, I didn't know who that was, so I was like, Texas State's going to win. That's how much I know. Um, then I have them going on a roll after Week Four. Because I have them going six and six, which is a big improvement. Um, if they continue to build, they could beat Georgia Southern. Um, I tried to watch a little bit of their Coastal Carolina game. It was just a lot of turnovers. I'm not saying Texas State was going to win, but Texas State turned the ball over a lot. If they limit the turnovers, that could be a close game because they were moving the ball. They would just turn it over last year. Um, and then I have them, uh, you know, I don't know if it's an upset or not being Arkansas State. But if their head coach is running around like Coach Allen in Indiana and he's doing this, he's doing that, they're improving, I think they're going to get a lot better. They're fun to watch and give that wide receivers coach a pay raise because they made a lot of plays. And he talked about how they practice all the time. So give him a raise. Yeah, those first few games were pretty fun to watch. They were all – they were televised and I was able to – you know, I'm one of those – college football junkies so I try to watch as many games as I possibly can 
Uh, so that was one of the games I was trying to watch early on. So uh, I'll go ahead and go next. Again, Baylor, that's a tough draw. Florida International, um, I think they're a little bit better right now. Uh, I do think Texas State gets their first win versus Incarnate Word. I think Eastern uh, Michigan beats them. I actually have uh, South Alabama beating Texas State. I have them losing to Troy. I have them beating Georgia State, losing to U of L, uh, winning versus Monroe, losing to Georgia Southern, losing to Texas to Coastal Carolina. I also have them losing to Arkansas State. I have them going about three and nine, so I think I'm the lowest of anyone here. I just did not necessarily see enough talent wise. Uh, and scheme-wise last season to have a whole lot of confidence in them. But, you know, hey, one season to another in college football doesn't really mean a whole lot anymore. You know, one team can go 3-8 and eight one year and go 9-0 and oh the next year. So, who knows? Um, Coach Heath, how about you? All right. So, I'm always, always trying to grab nuggets, little stats. So, the Bobcats are 5-19 and 19 under the current coach. Uh, Jake Spavadol, right? Okay, 10 losses last season. And you're going to say, oh, it's terrible. Well, here's the thing. Six of the 10 were by 10 points or less. So that tells me they're trending in the right direction, especially offensively. Uh, Coach Steve, I think the right wide receiver that uh, – actually, all of us were, were like, who that wide receiver, it's Marcel Barbie, who had 10 touchdowns as a wide receiver. That's a playmaker. You, you could do some things if you got a playmaker like that. Uh, my understanding is the quarterback is coming back. Uh, name is Brady McBride. So, uh, you know, you got you got a dude on the outside. You can get the ball. You, know, you never know. I mean, that's they're turning in the right direction. I guess the question is, um, you know, they went from 18.4 points to like 28 points. So, can they keep trending in that direction? I mean, if they if they continue to do that, I mean, it's good for the Bobcats. But uh, I think when it's all said and done, I think I'm at five and seven. Okay. And our resident expert, Coach Banstra. Um, I, like I said, I mean, I said this off air. I didn't like if they can get their defense fixed, they're they'll be in good shape. I mean, I kind of like had Coach uh, pull pull out the stats there. I mean, they started off pretty hot. I mean. Scored 24, scored 48, scored uh, 17, uh, 38 on a win, 21. And then they kind of hit some of their meat of their schedule. And it kind of – I don't know if it's a talent discrepancy. I don't know if it was a scheme thing. But, like, I mean, they hit by BYU, got held to 14. App State held them to 17. Coastal Carolina held them to 14. But I held – towards the end of the season, they still, still scored 38 against Georgia Southern, 47 against Arkansas State. I mean, they can score points. Uh, and that, that receivers coach was all the rage those like first three weeks of the season uh, all over Twitter. And I remember Coach Steve's tweet on that. Um, I mean, their head coach is a, is a Kingsbury disciple, uh, coach with them at Texas Tech. Um, I think it's trending in the right direction. Um, I love, as much as I am a big UTSA fan as well, um, I love Texas State. I love the area of the, of the state. I love the weather. Um, I think it is – they, there's a lot of games if you look at this schedule where, like, I almost made up started them four and one. I, to me, the Florida International, the Eastern Michigan games are toss ups. Like, you, I mean, there's a chance, depending on how things shell out and, and any improvements with talent and coaching, 
uh, and so forth. I mean, they can start off hot, but again, it comes the same question is how they do when they hit the meat of their schedule when they're playing Troy and uh, UL and um, Georgia Southern and Coastal at the end of the year and Arkansas State. Um, there's a lot of games to me that are like 50-50 games for them. And, the, and, you know, and to me, it all comes out of their defense and just being a little bit more consistent on offense. Because um, I'm looking right here just on ESPN.com. Uh, I understand you're an air raid team, but even nowadays, air raid teams run the ball to a point. And when the leading rusher for either team again, in the Southern Alabama game is 31 yards, um, that is not great. Or against Georgia Southern, the leading rusher was is 31 yards. Like against Coastal, 47 yards. Like there's, I mean, there's some things there that like you need to at least develop some sort of consistent run game. And I mean, like I said, if they can improve on defense, because it looks like they kind of did for the most part as the year went on. Um, if they can get there, I think they'll be in a kind of a, a good spot to at least be bowl eligible this year. Yeah. Well, I think I'm the one who has the worst record there, but I'm willing to concede a little bit. So um, overall, uh, if we're going to come to an agreement on a final record, what are you, are you guys okay with saying five and seven? Yeah. I, I, think, I think five and seven is a solid, I mean, again, there's a lot of 50, 50 games. I mean, Baylor is just, I mean, it sucks. You're starting out the year off of Baylor, but um, after that, I mean, they can win four in a row. You just never know. How about the fact that Baylor goes there? That's not at Baylor. That game's not at Baylor. That's at Texas at Texas State. That's yeah. pretty awesome that Baylor's going to come into your house and you're the smaller school. I mean that that'd be that'd be a good that'd be good ticket revenue for them that game. At least it should be. I mean, it all it also be your first full game back with full attendance too. So you have that with Baylor. Baylor fans will probably travel pretty good for that game. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next team. Let's put Texas State to bed for right now. Next team is going to be the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Under And this year is the first year under Coach, Coach Butch Jones. Uh, you know, finally out of under the thumb of uh, Nick Saban. But, uh, you know, without Butch Jones last season, they went 2-6 and six in the conference and 4-7 uh, and seven overall which to me um, is a little weird because I've always thought of Arkansas State as a very competitive team within the conference. Um, they always seem to have re a relatively good win-loss record. And, you know, Arkansas State's one of those teams that, you know, they call the MAC Conference the um, cradle of coaches, you know, something along those lines. A lot of head coaches that go on to other places start off in the MAC. Arkansas State's been that way, too. They've had a couple guys go to places like Boise and, you know, everywhere else. Uh, so, to me, that kind of uh, what they had going on last season was weird. Uh, you know, this year, I think they do have a little bit of a bounce back. I do have them going five and seven. I have them beating Central Arkansas. However, I, I'm not a fan of whoever created their uh, next three games of the schedule. They're going to play Memphis. Wash at Washington and at Tulsa, and I have them losing all three of those games. I also have them going to Georgia Southern and losing to Georgia Southern, losing to Coastal Carolina, uh, losing to um, Louisiana, Rated Cajuns. And so they start off, in my opinion, one and five. But then they go on to uh, beat Southern Alabama, 
lose to App State, but beating UL Monroe, beating Georgia State, and beating Texas State. I'm the only one who has them picked to beat Texas State. I have them going five and seven. Uh, I know Coach Steve also has them going five and seven. So, uh, Coach Steve, do you want to talk about your um, picks for the Arkansas State Red Wolves? No, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. It didn't start off good for him. He hired, what, three offensive coordinators in a month? Yeah. It was something crazy. I think he ended up – somebody was, like, on staff for, like, a month and then left for another job, too. Like, it was, like – it was weird because, like, Applewhite was hired and then changed his mind, like, 48 hours later. Um, they hired somebody else he had for a couple months and then ended up taking another – like, it was weird. It was very weird. Yeah, so, to me, I'm not saying something's wrong there, but, yeah, that's not a good way to start. Um, but I do agree with you, Coach Sheffer, there. That's a team that's usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, they play pretty good football. I don't know if I'm looking at the right thing. They scored like 32.9 points a game last year. So, I mean, they were still doing okay. I just don't know if their defense was what it used to be. Um, But I think we have the exact same picks up until um, Georgia Southern. I have them bouncing back because that's a tough – you know, they won against Central Arkansas, then Memphis, Washington, and Tulsa. That's that's a meat grinder right there. But I have them – bounce. that's a tough schedule. So, bouncing back against Georgia Southern, um, not beating – Coastal Carolina not beating Raging Cajuns, have them being USA, and then they're not. I don't have them being Appalachian State, not being UNL Monroe, um, or they're being UNL Monroe, but then um, I have them still beating Georgia State, um, and then I'm just a big Texas State fan, so I or, and so I have them beating Arkansas, so I'm going five and seven, just a little bit different than you, but. That really alarmed me when you have staff members leaving and no reason given or anything, not even to say it was a better job to go somewhere else. That really does not start well. Um, so it's cur- I have to give him a year to see what what did he really learn with Nick Saban to really bring to this program before I can really say that they're going to be successful. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Usually it takes a couple of years to get your system in and get your players in and all that. Um, Coach Banstrom, I'm going to have you go next. I like, I mean, again, kind of like um, Louisiana, um, this, this program dealt with the death last year with their head coach's wife dying right before the season. Um, so kind of, I mean, that cloud kind of hovered over. Um, but you, I mean, I don't know. Just something about the Butch Jones hire that makes me feel like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's the three offensive coordinators. I don't know if it – I just don't think it's a good fit. Because Butch Jones has always been that, like, Ohio, Tennessee, Michigan area, like, upper Midwest guy. I don't know. Something just makes me – and then you start – these first, I mean, three or four games, sweet Lord. I mean, Memphis, Washington, Tulsa. Like, I don't know if Tulsa is going to be as good as they were last year, but they're even remotely good as last year. That's going to be a problem. Um, That's just brutal. And then, I mean – then you play Georgia Southern, which isn't a slouch. And then you got Coastal, like, and then uh, UL. Like, it, it is a that, – that's a that's a tough start to the year. I mean, I think their back cap's a little easier, but, God, that is just brutal, that, is, that schedule. Like, that, I don't think that's the worst one on here because we're going to get to another one here in a little bit. But I'm just like, no, this is not – this sounds unpleasant. Um, so, no, I, I, I mean, I went four and eight just because – that first half of the year is just a, a meat grind. I mean, you might be able to pull one or two out here or there, but it, I mean, and Central Arkansas has played them tough in the past too. Like, I think there's one year Central Arkansas beat them. 
Um, so like, it's just, yeah, that is not, that is not a fun schedule for our first year head coach who, I mean, and you still got hired and as COVID's ending and trying to get everything installed and hiring people and meetings and all that lovely stuff. All right, Coach Heath. Well, you're talking about a defense that gave up 37 points a game last year. Uh, so, <laughs> needless to say, you know, and the offensive side supposedly is, is decent. But, yeah, I mean, it really causes a lot of – causes me to take pause when we talk about offensive coordinators coming into um, jobs where there's talent and then they went – you know, they leave. Um if it was good, really good talent, they wouldn't leave. So um, I, I think he's overrated as a coach. I don't even think being around Nick Saban can help Bush Jones. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, for Arkansas State, I hope that I'm wrong because um, they've had success in the past, and it's kind of unfortunate that they're in this situation. But, um, you know, I, the bottom line is a four-win team, again, Looking at the schedule, Memphis goes to is it, it's Con. I think Arkansas State is it in Conway. Sounds right. I could be wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know the fact that Memphis is traveling there, uh, and then the more I thought about it, being impacted by COVID, maybe some of these uh, some of these schools are deciding that it's easier to pay whatever it costs to have your teams go there. And not get and give up the gate rather than writing a big fat check for someone to come into your house um, for for a game. So maybe that's the the flip side of this. But uh, again, Memphis going to Arkansas State, I think, is the the one thing that kind of stands out to me uh, when we look at the schedule. But it's a four win team. Could be less than that, to be honest. Yeah. So I think we have two people with four and eight, two people with five and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, based on what they did last year and the fact they have a new coach coming in with not such a great track record already. Um, I'd be willing to concede and say they get, I'd say four wins is probably where they're going to be at coach Steve. You could be okay with that. Yeah. Four is probably what's going to happen. All right. So four and eight for Arkansas state red wolves. Let's put those red wolves to bed and we'll finish off the West division with the UL Monroe Warhawks. And so you've got a new head coach, Wait, is he new or was he there last year? No. He's new. No. Okay. UL Monroe uh, Warhawks, they've got Terry Bowden, who is a uh, someone who Coach Heath is uh, familiar with, being previously head coach at Akron. Uh, and so last season, not so good. 0-7, conference 0-10, overall not a very good year, not a very good football team. Uh, the I'm going to be honest, the only time I ever watched them play was when they played Army last season, um, and Army just, you know, demolished them. It was not a pretty sight. Uh, and so I'm actually going to let Coach Heath go first because you have a little bit more experience with Coach Bowden than everybody else. Yeah, I think Coach Bowden is, a, you know, he had a some pretty good years with Auburn. Uh, you know, there's all the controversy, and he kind of had to sit out. Um, and then Coach Banstra, you know, was saying he spent two years before he actually got back, and he was at Akron. That's where I knew Coach Bowden. Now, here's the thing. I love Coach Bowden. 
but this is the toughest assignment to me in all of the D1 football. Um, they went 0-10. You're walking into a situation where they were outscored 420 to 163. That is tough. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your last name is. Um, the good thing is Rich Rodriguez is coming with him, and his son Rhett is coming in as well. So, um, you know, it's going to take some time, but this is still going to be a painful year. I see him winning one game. One game. Uh, they start out with Kentucky. At Kentucky, they get uh, prime time is going to bring Jackson State in. I think Jackson State wins that game. I mean, really, the only win that I had them is Georgia State. That's a home game. Everything else, you just got to really use it as to evaluate your program and try to get it going in the right direction. Uh, I think that for, if anything, Coach Biden's come into a situation where there are low to no expectations uh, you know, until maybe two or three years down the road. Just kind of a reference for the listeners, um, the schedule for you all Monroe, first game is at Kentucky, then Jackson State comes to play them the next game, then Troy comes to play them, then they play at Coastal Carolina, at home versus Georgia State, at home versus Liberty, at home versus South Alabama, at App State, at Texas State, at home versus Arkansas State, at LSU, and then at Louisiana Raging Cajuns, that, that's not an easy schedule. Um, that's a horrible schedule for an 0-10 team with a new head coach. That's that's exactly what that is. And I don't know, maybe kudos to Coach Bowden for having the testicular fortitude to even think about taking that kind of a job. Well, he almost took the job last time it was open and because he talked about it like in an interview or something, and just something didn't line up correctly. I forget what it was, but he had talked about how he almost – but he almost got it before the prior head coach did, and I, something didn't work out. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, they had a couple of decent years. I mean, they were kind of the, you know, the talking. Not now. Not now at all. Uh, coach Banster, would you like to go next? I I for, would love for this program to be good next year. Like, I love Rich Rodriguez. Rich Rodriguez is our offensive coordinator. I think he is one of the best interviews in college football. I think it's a travesty that he's not a head coach just for my entertainment value um, because I watched him and Pat McAfee interview him like a month and a half ago or two months ago. And it has become my favorite interview. I've watched that thing like three times now. It is hilarious. And I will say this, uh, Bowden is doing a great job branding. He's got that t-shirt. Like it's like for like, I think it says for Louisiana goddamn Monroe or something like that. I don't remember what it was, but like, and it's like Rich Rod's been wearing it. Like, they've posted pictures of it on, like, he's branding his, like, he's getting everything out. And I think he's doing a good job with that. It's just, I don't know schedule wise, talent wise, where they're at and how long that's going to take. I will say, I mean, Terry did um, make um, Akron competitive when he was there. So that's saying, I mean, that was, that is one thing that you can say. Uh, if he can make Akron competitive, he'd probably make Louisiana Monroe pro, but, I don't know. I mean, I, I Kentucky is just such a hard opening game. Kentucky's so much better than they used to be. I toss and turn between the Jackson State game. Like I end up switching my mind just because I love Rich Rodriguez. That, I mean, that's the whole difference for me. Um, after that, it's just 
I mean, you need to try to find a way to steal one against like Georgia State, uh, South Alabama, Texas State, Arkansas State. Because you got LSU again at the end of the year, and that's just that's just brutal. I mean, that just sucks. I mean, and you got Liberty in the middle of the year, Coastal Carolina. Like, it's gonna be tough. Um, but I, 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 they will knowing Bowden kind of how he fixed Akron at least temporarily. It'll be hit the transfer portal, hit JUCO heavily, try to get some influx of talent while they build from there. Um, and then it'll be interesting to see how Rich Rod evolved or if he has evolved at all during that little sabbatical he had for about a year, year and a half after he got let go at uh, Ole Miss when Kiffin got hired. So it'll be interesting to see what evolutions and what when he wasn't doing his own podcast, what he kind of has gotten to. Um but I really want them to be good just for my entertainment value. I mean, that's my whole – will they be this year? Probably not. It's always been a tough job, but you you hope. I mean, because like I said at the beginning, this half of the conference is not the world beaters that the other half is. So you can steal a couple here or there. All right. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is I actually have them winning one game. I picked them to beat Jackson State. Um However, again, that's a toss-up. I think Jackson State is very much uh, able to beat UL Monroe based on what I watched last season. Uh, and also, a uh, quick little note, um, one of our coaching staff here at Brentsville actually played for Rich Rod at West Virginia. His name's Heike Johnson. He was a running back. Um, so he was telling me a couple stories about uh, Coach Rich Rod while, while he was there. was not a huge fan of the head coach while he was there. Apparently, uh, he's a little bit of a jackass to the players, but I guess that's kind of his uh, personality a little bit. But uh, Coach Steve, any uh, words on UL Monroe? Um, good points about how, like, if he can make Akron sustainable, maybe he can do the same here. But with the schedule, it's hard to do your first year. That's a meat grinder schedule, especially if you get whipped by Kentucky that first game. Um, I'm with you, Coach Shepard. Jackson State's not a pushover. They can win that game. Because I have them not winning a game. If they're going to, it's going to be Jackson State, Texas State, maybe Georgia State, but that's about it. But I don't have them winning a game. You know, if they weren't doing good last year and you got this meat grinder schedule, we don't know what Rich Rod's going to come back with. We don't know what it's going to look like. So it's a tough schedule. I don't have them winning a game. Um, but if they're going to Georgia State, Jackson State, or Texas State, but those are not pushovers either. So it's going to be tough. And to end it with Arkansas State, LSU, and the Raging Cajuns, like that sucks. That's going to hurt really bad to end that way. Yep, I completely agree. Um, all right, so that is the Western Division. And so as of what we've got so far – uh, well, actually, real quick, we got to come to a consensus. I'm for UL Monroe. I'm going to say one and eleven, yeah. most likely. Yep. Yep. All right, so we'll say one and eleven. Maybe they win a game, so they'll be the last place in their conference. Um, I believe uh, it's kind of a t uh, we have USA and Arkansas State in a two way tie at four and eight, um, and then Texas State at five and seven. Then we have the Louisiana Raging Cajuns winning this. Uh, division in the conference and probably going on to play uh someone we'll discuss who that will be 
uh, from the East in a conference championship game. Um, and so for Coach Bansha, Coach Heath, and Coach Steve, this is Coach Sheffer, and we are signing off. <laughs>